Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Root and Roots Show on blogtalkradio.com. Now here's your host, Greg Rashid, bringing you the best in music, information, and history. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Greg Rashid, the host of the Root and Roots Show. If you're new to the program, we're heard every Friday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on a delayed basis on KUHS in Denver, Colorado. We come on Saturdays and Wednesdays. And honestly, I don't remember the time, but I think it's 8 o'clock in the evening there, Mountain Time. But I want to thank Henry Archuleta again for having me on the show and broadcasting these shows on a delayed basis out in Denver. So I'm just happy at that because I was in Denver for over 20-some years and was on radio for 13 of those years and really enjoyed that. And just happy to be, you know, folks out there to hear me again. So I just want to say hi to all my friends out there. And we're going to get to, before we do our program, because we're going to be talking about baby boomers in particular and aging tonight. And it's, don't get think it's boring. This is going to be really exciting because we have some great guests on here, and one's on the line already. We're going to start off with uh, Muddy Waters, and we're going to play Young Fashion Ways. So let's hear Muddy Waters on the Root and Root Show of Young Fashion Ways. I 
muddy waters of young fashion ways, and that's what we're going to be talking about this evening, because the issue is aging tonight, and I hope I didn't lose my first guest. I'm going to try to see if he's on the line, Ron Pimpney. Let's just check and see. Are you there, Ron? I am here, Greg. All right, because I was kind of concerned. I saw someone went away. I said, I hope that's not Ron, but, you know, you got young fashion ways, don't you? Indeed. <laughs> I know, you know, based on the book that you wrote, which is a great book here, Conscious Living, Conscious Aging by Ron Pivney. It's a Embrace and Savor Your Next Chapter. And it's on Simon Schuster. You can get it there.com. And Ron is also the founder and director of the Colorado based Center for Conscious Eldering. And the first thing I want to know is first of all, I just want to thank you for being on this evening, Ron. Because this well, is it's be my a pleasure, great conversation. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm more than happy to do that. And I heard you on another show, and I said, i got to get him on there. And at first, Ron was kind of hesitant because he didn't know. Looking at some of my subject matters, like, I don't know if I should be on there. But this fits in perfectly with the Roots and Roots show because we, you know, the whole thing is about ed- information and education on the show, learning something new. And your book, just told me something new really about myself, about as I age, because I'm 61 now. And I just want you to tell the listeners, first of all, and listeners, you can call in to 424-675-8315, 424-675-8315. Tell them about what made you decide to create the the center that you have and also what you went to, because your experience is similar to my experience as far as the life-changing thing that happened to you. So just talk a little bit about that first. Okay, yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, I've spent most of my career helping people move through uh, life transitions. You know, we all have significant times of transition in our lives, and uh, I think uh, a lot of us could use a little bit of guidance in knowing how best to move through that process of transition. And so that's what I've done in in various ways for the last 30 or 40 years. Um, I guess it was about maybe 30, no, excuse me, let me say that differently. Uh, Probably about 13 or 14 years ago, uh, the whole theme of aging began to come on my radar screen, partly because I began to uh, uh, finally realize that I am not immortal and that I am aging. And um, partly because I found myself uh, fascinated with spending time doing oral history work with uh, older people in our community of Durango here. And I found it was fascinating doing that work, hearing their stories. And I began began to ask myself questions that have really, in many ways, Greg, informed all the work I've I've been doing. I began right. to wonder why it is that some people seem to age really well. You know, they've got they they've got a vibrancy, um, a light in their eye, a joy about life. You know, always looking each day to find what can be be wonderful and uh, uh, what can be meaningful. And other people really seem like the light's just kind of gone out. Um, kind of like uh, they've just kind of become a shell of themselves oftentimes cynical, living in the past, just trying to hang on to who they have been. And I began to ask, well, how is it that people age so differently, and why do they age differently? 
And um, a lot of what I have learned since then and what I've written in my book and what I do in the workshops and retreats that we offer really is help, uh, helping people to to begin to answer that particular question. And in short, you know, it's, it's a obviously a complicated answer, but in short, uh, we have a whole lot of choice in how we age. We have a lot of choice in the kind of people we become, but it really takes us being very aware of ourselves, aware of what's going on within us, aware of um, old old baggage that maybe we drag or we're dragging forward from our past, aware right. of those kind of uh, you know goals and and aspirations that really are meaningful that come from our hearts that we can uh, we can shoot for. And so this kind of awareness and intention makes a big difference in whether we age really well or whether we just kind of drift into getting old. And it's funny, and listeners, you can call in at 424-675-8315, 424-675-8315. I'm talking to Ron Pivney, author of the book Conscious Living, Conscious Aging. And, you know, I wanted you to also talk about, too, um, because I had the same thing happen to me with my heart, because you had, I think, a lung condition, or... Okay, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, because I want you to talk, because a lot of people are going through that, and I went through that, as far as I had a um, uh, AFib about four years ago, and I, you know, it really, I realized my mortality then, and it got me to the point where I actually went through severe depression, and almost contemplated just ending my life, because it was that bad. Oh and yeah, well, it sounds like it sounds like we had uh, some real similar experiences, and I think yeah. for a lot of us, we have certain critical turning points in our life when we begin to to start asking questions about our lives that uh, just hadn't really occurred to us before. And in my particular case, I guess it was about uh, it's all, been almost eight years. I'm 66 now, so that would have been I was about 58. All of a sudden, I began to have, uh, from out of the blue, a whole lot of AFib myself, which is very scary stuff. You know, as you know, when yes. when your ticker isn't working right, those are primal fears. And so, you know, went to the the hospital and got everything checked uh, about my heart. And in the process, they found there's no heart problems, but I had a tumor on a lung. And that's scary stuff. And then, you know, you have the biopsy and you wait. And that was probably the most powerful, the most frightening, and maybe the most important 10 days of my life, really waiting to find out what what this tumor was about. And I found that about every possible fear and anxiety I had, every, every bit of vulnerability, uh, you know, a lot of those kind of things that 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 are, are are so real for so many people as we age and had never been real for me. It had been more just, you know, something I was conceptually aware of. And boy, when all of a sudden you start becoming aware, and for me it was very much a matter of of you know, not so much afraid of dying, but but you know, I am there's something I know I am here to accomplish that I have not accomplished in this life yet. And I want more time so that I can do that. And, um, and, and really fulfill this sense yeah. of calling, and that became really, really critical to me. Now, the upshot of it is that it turned out that I had a rare kind of uh, non-malignant tumor, 
you know, which was certainly a huge, huge uh, relief. And it turned out that they never really found out what caused the AFib. But to make a real, a really powerful story, I guess the AFib lasted for a couple weeks after the tumor was removed. And then I thought, oh, my God, you know, what what is this? Because they thought maybe the AFib and the tumor were related to each other. And I was really getting depressed and getting frightened. And one night I uh, went to sleep, and, and my heart was over there AFibbing away. And all of a sudden I went into some kind of a, a strange dream state where it felt like the most profound darkness imaginable was descending on me. It felt like death. And in that state, all I could do, all I could do is just cry out to to God as I know God. And I said, you know, there's nothing else I can do. Uh, but if you have something that I am still to do in this life, please somehow heal me so that I can accomplish what I have to do. And all of a sudden, in that moment, something felt like it exploded out of me. That's the only term I could think. It felt like something exploded out of me. And I woke up knowing that something very, very powerful had happened to me. And that was the end of the AFib. That was the end of the health problems. And for me, that was this powerful affirmation from life, from God, or for whatever. Yes, Ron, there is something you are to do. And, um, uh, some real healing has happened, so get out there and do it. And so I went and started the Center for Conscious Eldering and put heart and soul into this work that I'm doing now, and I wrote the book, and this is what I what I am to do. And that's amazing because there are so many folks out there, and again, listeners, you can call in at 424-675-8315. You know, because you talked earlier about, you know, in latter years, that people get to the point where they don't know what to do. But I, and I have seen that with twenty-year-olds, folks who've gotten out of college, folks who've gotten out of high school, who just kind of give up. They all of a sudden feel old, and they make themselves old. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And 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 so much. You know, if there's one important, the most important thing I'd like to communicate to your listeners is that who we become, what our lives become, very, very much depends upon what we believe is possible for us. And whether we're 20 years old or or whether we're 60 or 70 years old, if we believe that we can always be growing and there's always some way we can be of service to the larger community and that there's always something in each day to be grateful for, and something that can give us joy, if we truly believe that, then we are going to age much more well than if we believe the opposite. And uh, maybe you read, I, I read just in, in a couple of the national newspapers a couple weeks ago, some major study that uh, looked at the power of belief on how people age. And it's amazing, by most every indicator of aging well, you know, in terms of mental health, physical health, um, even financial health, those people who believe that their elder years can be a, a, a good time of fulfillment and growth, um, those people tend to age much better than those people who believe that it's all just downhill. And I've noticed that. Yeah, I agree with you with that. And I kind of see it after I got over my depression, I'm beginning to see it again with myself. 
as far as just looking at life as I you know as I tell folks to look look at life as a like a child if we continue to look at it that way that'd be silly but look at it in a way that uh, you know this, everything is an exciting experience every day you wake up you're just excited you're just happy you're enthused and I try to do that no matter what the situation is you know just try to look at it that this is another challenge that can turn out positively and I'm just you know. And again, I'm just grateful that you did write this book for folks out there because it's a very quick book, very simple, but it has some great points in here. And I want you to, um, you mentioned in the book um, the difference between eldering and elder because people get those terms confused. Yeah, and another term that... uh that I think I wish we could eliminate from the vocabulary is the word elderly. Yes. So I'll just, you know, I'll just talk a little bit about those. You know, most of us, when we hear the word elderly, we think of frail and vulnerable and, and you know, pretty much uh, incapable of functioning. And I'd like that really to be replaced with a term of honor and respect, and that is the term elder. And while that term doesn't have a whole lot of um, honor or positive connotation in the society we live in today, throughout most of history in most societies, elders were looked to as those people who were honored and respected because over long lives they had gained wisdom they had come to understand, you know, some of those important values that you don't understand when you're a youngster. It takes a lot of years to understand them. They're the people who were looked to by their society to have a sense of the bigger picture and to remind the younger people of what the bigger picture is and of how when we make decisions, we need to be looking at what's going to create a good world for our descendants two or three generations from now. And not just what's going to, you know, get us through today or help the bottom line today. So, so it's always been elders who played this important role, and they were the mentors of the young people, the teachers. And you know, our society doesn't honor elder very much anymore. But the fact is that in each of us, it's just part of our our psyche. You know, as human beings, when we reach around around retirement age. The, the elder in in each of us wants to start to emerge. It wants to emerge. It wants us to see that, yes, we can in our own way in this world somehow serve as an elder to our to our community. And so it's there, and more and more people, I think, are responding to that word elder. More and more people are 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 wanting to, as they age, not just be an old person or be elderly. But to to be able to look at themselves and say, hey, I am relevant. I'm an elder. I am finding ways to be of service. I'm continually growing. I want my society to recognize that, and I am claiming that. And for so many people, that's the difference between aging and just feeling irrelevant and aging and feeling, you know, I have got an important role to play until the day I die. That's so important. You know, unfortunately, though, I want you to comment on this. You have, in particular, the media who is the main, I believe, the main cause of the whole thing about 
aging that you have to be a certain you have to have a certain look, you have to be a certain age. And I you know, I'm just thinking of an example real quickly, uh, Ron, of um I saw last year a commercial about a new tablet. And I'm like a geek as far as I'm into that. Tablets, uh-huh. electronics and everything, but <clears throat> the people in the ad were all twenty twenty year old young folks. And I'm sitting there saying, well, look, I'll probably buy that, but they're not even marketing toward me. They just assume I wouldn't be interested in getting something like that. And I know there are other folks like me who are in their 60s and their 50s who love electronics, who love computers, who love tablets, but it's not marketed to them. And that's and I just blame the media for, you know, as being the main culprit of all this. And media, I'm saying by Television, Hollywood in particular, that you have to have this certain look, you have to be a certain age, and it's just you know just doesn't help anything. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, no, I think I think you're really right, Greg, and you know to a large extent it's the media that put all the images out there that 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 that, that so much if uh, you know affect how we all view aging. But the media also is uh, a reflection of uh, an obsession that we've developed in, uh, you know, in the modern world with youth. And uh, it is so sad, I think, that we have forgotten the value of age, the wisdom of age, um, all those wonderful things that elders can contribute. Um, and so that's a huge loss. But... Uh, you know, I am happy to say that it, just in the last five, ten years, uh, there is a real change beginning to happen. And I think it's probably inevitable just because, you know, the baby boomers have driven change ever since the 60s. And now, what is it, 10,000 baby boomers a day in the U.S. are reaching the age of 65. Many of the baby boomers are beginning to question, hey, what's with this obsession with youth? You know, uh, why is our society um, so afraid of aging? And there are many, many different organizations and books, and, and you know, AARP has a big thing called Life Reimagined. And there's all kinds of things going on now that are beginning to create an empowering vision for aging. And they're saying it's not all just about youth. And as this happens, I think it's going to be inevitable that more and more um, commercials that we see in the media are going to be appealing to older people, uh, more and more films and uh, you know television shows and things like that are going to feature older people, you know, not just acting like senile clowns as so often is the case, but really right. people acting with, with dignity and strength, you know, positive images. It's beginning to happen. It's beginning to happen in a lot of different places, and uh, I have great hope. In five or ten years, I think uh, I think the term elder and the older generation are going to be seen in a very different light than they have been in the last uh, 10 or 20 or 30 years. I agree with you. I really I see that also. And it's so funny because, um, you know, when I was growing up and you too, you know, you remember someone, if they were in their, let alone 60s, if they were in their 50s, the 60s, I mean, that was just ancient. I yeah, think about, yeah. 
both my grandparents and how when they were in their forties, I thought, God, they, you know, they're just like old. They would never, you know, they can't do anything. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, you get to be sixty, it's like, wow. Yeah. I feel like I did thirty years ago. It's like nothing <laughs> And you know, things have changed a lot. When uh, just a generation or two ago, when you did get to be sixty, sixty-five. And, you know, and so many people worked, you know, in physical type of jobs. You get to be 60, 65, you retire, you are pretty worn out, and you maybe had a few years left to live. But we live in a world now where the majority of people aren't doing, you know, manual labor. And uh, we have access to health care unlike ever before. And we understand things about lifestyle choices we can make that our parents certainly didn't understand. And so now so many people reach retirement age, and the reality is they're going to have another 20 years, maybe 30 years. And so we really need to re-envision, well, what are those years about? You know, if you only had five years, like my dad did, then maybe just kicking back and really relaxing after he worked in a steel mill all his life is, is was the perfect thing for him. But if you retire now and you've got 25 or 30 years, I mean, that that's almost as long for many people as their career. And so yeah. how are you going to have that be meaningful? How are you going to have that be – how are you going to have that wonderful long chapter of your life be something really special and not just somehow, you know, just fading away? And we, so many of us have a choice these days as to how to make that really be a special time and that's that's what my work and my book is about, and and so many other other good books and articles and things out there now. You know, what and are you, you going to do something... to, to to use that quote from Mary Oliver? What are you going to do with these remaining years of your one precious life? I think that's such that's an important right. question. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, I it certainly you. is wrong. It certainly is wrong. One thing you mentioned a lot in the book, and I want you to tell my listeners about it, is the the legacy letter, I think it's legacy letter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, something that can be wonderful as a gift to give to our descendants, to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, but it can also be wonderful for us as we're, you know, getting into our elder chapters is to spend some time writing what we call a legacy letter. And basically, a legacy letter is something that you write. It could be a page or two. For some people, it could be a lot more than a page. But you try to communicate to your descendants, you know, because you're going to, we're all going to be ancestors to somebody. Try to communicate to those who are going to come later, what is the essence of this guy named Greg or this guy named Ron. You know, they may never meet us in person, these descendants, but what would we most want them to know about us and our lives? You know, what what were the values that were most important? What were the, the gifts that we felt we gave to the world? What was the difference we made? What were some of the biggest challenges we faced and how did we deal with those challenges? Um just some of those critical things so that they could have some sense of who this person named Greg or this person named Ron was. 
And it's a tremendous gift for descendants, but it's also such a great experience for us as we enter our elder years because it gives us a chance to really reflect on our lives, who we have been so far, what strengths we've developed, what gifts we can carry forward. And in doing so, then we oftentimes get a sense of, and this is what's incomplete. You know, this is what is still calling this is what I can do to really complete and bring my legacy to a fullness in these years ahead. And so doing a process like this can be really, really valuable. You certainly can. And everyone has a legacy. I mean, I know there's some folks out there thinking, well, you have to, you know, you have to write a book like Ron or you have to have a show like Greg or you have to write, you know, do something, give a speech or do something, be on television, be in a movie, and that's a legacy. But, no, everyone has a legacy. Each of us can touch others' lives in meaningful ways. And that's, that's the, the shortest and best definition I have is how have we touched the lives of other people? And for some of us, it's big visible things. For others of us, it's a lot smaller things, maybe just the quality of of love and presence and heart that we bring to just our relationships, you know, with family, with friends. But but all of this is the kind of legacy that, that we're creating. And for us to really give some thought to it, you know, as to what legacy have we created so far, but also if, if you know, if I have another 20 or 30 years, what's going to be the legacy of, of those elder years? Is it going to be a legacy of somebody who really – did their best to, to somehow make a difference and to grow and to be grateful and to be relevant? Or is it going to be the legacy of somebody who just kind of decided, well, it's all downhill, downhill from here, and I'm just going to kind of fade away from life? And that's a choice we each have as to what kind of legacy uh, we we have yet to create. And, and before you go, Ron, because we're about to conclude, conclude this segment, one thing you also mentioned in the book as far as having community, because I know there are folks out there when they get certain, you know, when they get older, all of a sudden they want to withdraw. They don't want to be around anyone. They want to go into a shell. And I've seen that a lot, and I've seen folks like that just wither away, just yes, completely yes. just, they'll, you know, they don't want to be bothered with the family, the friends that they had. It's just you don't know where they are, these people anymore, and, and next thing you know, they pass, and there is no legacy. No, you find and, out and this and, person was living in a city that, you know, it's like, well, I didn't know she lived there. I didn't know he lived there, and you know, I I didn't know what happened to him. So go ahead. And Ron, I think I think that's one of the saddest things uh, about how many people age is the fact that they do just kind of withdraw and disappear, and. <laughs> I think the reality is that if we are going to age well, we cannot allow ourselves to withdraw and disappear. But it gets a little harder. You know, a lot of people who are close to us have died. You know, we don't have kids anymore, you know, in the way we did when we were younger. We have to extend ourselves. We have to stretch beyond our comfort zones if we're going to have rich community as we get older. But if we really want to live rather than just become a shell of ourselves, we need to find ways to have community. And, you know, whether it's in our faith community or whether it's senior centers or whether it's volunteering for meaningful 
meaningful things or you know there's more and more uh, all over the place now there are groups of people who get together to just kind of discuss what's it like to get older you know elder support groups there's so many different ways that we could we could have community but we have to get beyond groups you know there are walking yeah. groups available where you can just talk and walk at the same time, do a mile walk or something, just simple things. That's right. That's right. But that, that's how we stay alive. And, and and so I'm glad you brought this up. I, I think the most important aspect of aging well is making sure that we have other people that we have meaningful relationships with in our lives. Yes, yeah, certainly so right, Ron. And we're getting ready to conclude this now, but I want you to talk a little bit about the upcoming um you're having a teller summit. I was I just looked at the email just now, it's like this is fascinating. I definitely want to participate in this. So tell my listeners about this uh summit okay, summit well, that's coming a, up March fifth. March third March fifth, I'm sorry. Third, fourth and fifth, yeah. There's an organization called the Shift Network. The Shift Network. And they put on these big telesummits. And and what it basically is is over three days, you know, like six hours a day, about 18 people who are, are real leaders in a given field of you know personal growth and wellness are interviewed. And the Shift Network, realizing that uh, th- this whole topic of aging well, what I call conscious aging, is really now uh, its time has come. They're putting on their first telesummit. They're going to call it Transforming Aging. And they asked me if I would serve as host. And that means on those three days, I'm going to be interviewing 18 people who are real leaders in all kinds of different uh, aspects of this whole movement to help empower people as we age. You know, people who are really big in them. One of the interviewees is is, uh, a key figure in the aging and community movement. One is Mark Friedman and Encore Careers, which many people have heard of. Some of these are people who are really focused on how we can uh, grow, you know, uh, psychologically and spiritually as we right. get older. Some of them are a, a couple doctors who are, are world authorities on on what do we know now from studying people who have lived to be a hundred around the world. What do we know now in terms of lifestyle that can help us to age really well and healthily? So anyway, on those days, I'm going to be interviewing these 18 people, and um, I think, it, and it's free. You can register for free, and what you have and where to do. Where do they register again? If you want to register, yeah, I, uh, Well, you can register after February 16th, mm-hmm. and what you do is you would go to www.theshiftnetwork.com. And when you get to the home page, you'll see a little box there that talks about this Transforming Aging Telesummit. And you click on that, and you'll see all the details of how you register and and how you can either listen by telephone or listen on your computer. And um, given especially that it doesn't cost anything, I think it'll be a tremendous resource for a lot of people. So after February 16th, go to theshiftnetwork.com and look for the Transforming Aging Telesummit. Well, I'm definitely going to register for that, Ron, and I just want to thank you for being on. And again, if people want to be a part, find out more information about you and the center down in Durango, give them the website where they can go to. Okay, go to www.centerforconsciouseldering.com. 
Center for Conscious Eldering.com. And you can learn about what we do and learn about my book and learn about our programs and, and just learn about a lot. Of, I've got a bunch of free articles there. Just learn about uh, the kind of things that uh, we've been talking about for the last 40 minutes. Well, Ron, again, I just want to thank you for being on today. and just happy to have you on here. and glad that you, just, you, know, that you did come on because I know you were first wondering, you know, because it seems like it's uh, – I do a lot of history on here. I do a lot of sports and all, but you know, we're talking about what everyone is dealing with aging. No, I'm I think what you're doing is. It, I'm sorry. I think what you're doing is really wonderful, Greg, and um, and I wish you well in your good work. Wish your listeners well, and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you so much. I hope to meet you in person because uh, I'll be getting back to Colorado again, and I got to get down to Durango at some point. I'd like. I that. haven't been to. Yeah, I've been. To, are you near Fort Lewis? Oh How yeah, I live about a mile from Fort Lewis College. Oh okay, because I used to go there way back in the '90s. I would go down to Fort Lewis, but that's another oh, story. Okay. But anyway, thank you again, Ron, for being on. I'll be talking to you later. Probably have you back on the show sometime later on in the year. Thanks so much. I'd like that, Greg. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Take care. And again, that was Ron Pivney, author of the book Conscious Living, Conscious Aging, and also the founder and director of the Durango Base out in Colorado Center for Conscious Eldering. Hope you enjoyed that segment. And yeah, this book is is really something. So yeah, check it out. And we're going to keep on talking about aging tonight. But we're going to do right now um, someone I don't know. He he's aging and he he's just enjoying it. I'm talking about the one and only Lattimore. Mr. Straightened Out himself, and I'm going to play right now Lattimore, <laughs> Lattimore Bow Wow, I'm an old dog, so let's hear that on the Root and Root Show. Now all you women messing around with them young pups. You don't know what you're missing, cause this old dog knows what's up. You can look on the rooftop and see all the snow. Don't worry, baby, there's a raging fire down below. I may be an old dog. Yeah, I ain't ashamed to say it this evening. I may be old, but I ain't cold. I still know how to bear the bone. Now you take them young pups, they're always on the prowl. All they know how to do is just bark and howl and growl. Yipping and yapping and running up and down the street. Bussing and cussing and fighting over the little bitty piece of meat. Oh, this old dog don't have to do that no more. I know better. I may be old, but I ain't cold.
Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, and Seesaw. And before that, I did uh, Lattimore and Bow Wow, I'm an old dog. But I did Aretha Franklin because we lost a, a legend in soul music earlier this week. And I'm talking about Don Covey, who wrote this song, Seesaw, as well as some other songs. And Don Covey is kind of a forgotten figure, but he was very instrumental in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s as far as writing songs. In fact, I'm going to play Seesaw, the original version, as done by Don Covey. So let's hear Don Covey on the Root and Root show with Seesaw, the original version of that song. Down all around 
the elements without bearing a reference to your own kind earthly. You may find that we're living in an era that can't be defined. Who thought that this was the end? Who thought that the enemies would win? Who let paranoia turn them inside out? Do you know what this life's all about? Can you remember before anyone taught you to feel as if life it was never gonna treat you? Better than the lesser, but that was in the prequel. What about now? You took it in to let it down. the clown. I don't care what the folks are thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. But you so high. Oh, no, I ain't, baby. But you so high. Oh, no, baby. I haven't had a drink. But you so high. I haven't had a nip, baby. night, all lurched, they began to fuss, the honey hush, I don't care what the folks are thinking, I ain't drunk, I'm just drinking, but you so high, oh no I ain't baby, but you so high, now what you wanna say I'm high for, I haven't had a drink, but you so high, oh no, done the right thing, I want to thank you too, let's have a little nip, just me and you, I don't care what the people are thinking, I ain't drunk, I'm just drinking, oh no baby, I ain't high, I haven't had a nip darling, don't come in with that, oh no woman, what's wrong? All the time. Oh no! 
I want to pat you, baby, before I go. I'll be back tomorrow night and drink some more. We don't care what the folks are thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. But you so high. Oh, no, woman. But you so high. Oh, no, baby. But you so high. I haven't had a nip. A black widow spider And if you give her your love You might as well give it to the spider
right. That was a kind of a triple dose of um, I Can Tina Turner. The first one, that last song was part two of um, a different version of Sexy Ida. Then part one, which I played before that, was Sexy Ida part one. That was faster. Then we did, um, after that, we did The Flowers and uh, Breathe. I love that song. I always play that. And then before that, we started to set off of Otis Redding Security. And I've been trying to reach my next guest, and I guess she will not be on here. It's funny because she came on last week thinking that she was supposed to be on last week when it's this week. So I don't know. You know, we're talking about aging. I hope she, you know, I hope everything's all right. I hope she just didn't out and out forget. But she did send me an email early in the week that she would be on. So I got a lot of music here. So we're going to just keep on playing some music. If you got a request or you just want to talk about aging, you can call here at 424-675-8315. Also, you can talk about previous shows or if you got a topic for a show or you want to talk about some event in the news right now, you can give me a call at 424-675-8315. But I'm going to play right now. I think we're going to go, let's see here. I think we're going to do Bull Moose Jackson. This goes out to my buddy Tristan Bull Moose Jackson, and I want a bow-legged woman. So let's hear that on the Root and Root Show. Yeah. 
came into battle. I jumped dead in the saddle. You couldn't hear a rattle, and there wasn't nobody there to run and tattle. Gotta be on my way to see my bow-legged woman today. I say, my woman with big
great Betty Wright there, and that's uh, back at you. I'm older now. I hope you enjoyed that. Before that, we did a Wynonia Harris back from the early 50s, and don't roll those bloodshot eyes at me. And before that, we did Bull Moose Jackson that went out to my buddy Tristan, and I want a bow-legged woman. And I guess the second guest is not going to be on here on the Root and Root Show this evening, so maybe she'll come on in the future, but we're going to get more music on here. But before I do that... um. I know I made an error last week, and I said that that uh, the Seattle uh, Seahawks were going to win the game by 10 points. Actually, they were going to win, but we know what happened at the end. And, and New England, who I can't stand, they won the Super Bowl. But the thing was that um, I don't, you know, I'm not going to get into conspiracies now, but it does make you wonder why Marshawn Lynch, even though he had been stopped, Five of the, let's see, two of the five times that he's run on first and goal from the goal line, he's been stopped. I still would have used them to run it in in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's your, that's your tank. That's your man. you got to get him in there. Even running Russell Wilson because he's a great runner. He's one of the best running quarterbacks ever. Why didn't they do that? But that's something that – um. They're going to be talking about for a long, long time. That may have been the best Super Bowl ever. If not that one, I would say the one with uh, the Tennessee Titans and uh, St. Louis uh, Rams back in 99 when uh, Kevin Tyson was caught on the one-yard line with one, you know, a second left in the game. He was about to make a touchdown, score a touchdown, and he was stopped. On the one yard line, and that made St. Louis win that game, 23 to 16, rather than tying it, or maybe even winning it if they went to the two point conversion. But you know, 1999 now, 2015, and that's those are two of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. How about yourself? But we're gonna get into more music, and I did. I also did the Betty Wright just now because they had a little reggae beat to it, and I want to honor. Today is the birthday. I can't believe he would have been 70 if he was still alive. The great Bob Marley, Bob Robert Nestor Marley's birthday is today. And I'm going to play right now. It's February 6th. So some of you, the folks that hear this on a delayed basis, February 6th is Robert Nestor Marley, Bob Marley's birthday. And he would have been 70 today. So I'm going to play a couple of Bob Marley tunes. The first one being, well, kind of, you know, it goes along with the show Root and Roots. I'm going to play Roots Rock Reggae. And then after that, we'll do Exodus. So let's hear Bob Marley on the Root and Root Show. Dance falls 
Marr, right. That was a double duty. Bob Marley, they still going on in the background. That's Bob Marley, and that was uh, Exodus. And before that, we did Bob Marley, Roots Rock Reggae. I hope you enjoyed that on the Root and Roots show. And I'm, and I'm sorry my guest didn't show up, the second guest I was having it on. But I hope you enjoyed the music that we're playing here, because I love playing the music. And next Saturday, we're doing our slow jam show, because we'll be it'll be Valentine's Day. So I'll be playing some slow jams. And I'll have a guest on, too, but I'm going to be doing slow jams. I'm going to play. I won't be playing this one, but this will give you a preview of what I'll be doing next Saturday on the show. We're going to do Tamiya, So Into You. So let's hear that on the Root and Root show.
just Young Turner did say at the end something about he did say about going to church on Sunday after having all those gowns. We're gonna do the Dixie Hummingbirds, and I got so much to shout about, and I certainly do, and I hope you do too. So always keep faith and go in love, go in peace, and just be thankful for just another day, and just being able to breathe and just. Being happy, so going love and going peace is Greg Rasheed with the Root and Root Show and the Dixie Hummingbirds singing right now and just hope it makes you happy. Can you save us all from a burning hell? 